0: My role is to promote the right use of information services and IT, government-wide, so the 12 ministries and all these executional organisations, promulgating policies. And the last one is the coordination part. I need to coordinate how they comply or adhere to these policies. My personal mission is to have people develop themselves and let people shine. Ask for forgiveness and not for permission, that's my, that's my slogan. You should be a leader. You want to follow yourself. That's my goal, my personal goal. So I try to lead by example, by showing them what I do, and if that's the right thing, um,
1: then they will follow. This is CNET TV. My name is Andric Dekkers. I'm here today with Laurens Visser who is the Chief Information Officer at the Central Government of the Netherlands. A very warm welcome, Laurens. Thank, Thank you, Henrik. Laurens, you have a Master's Degree in Electrical Engineering from the TU Delft. You, have, uh, you spent three years at the Naval College here in the Netherlands, and you have an MBA from the Nairnrode Business University. You started your career as a naval officer in the, uh, in, in the Navy here in the Netherlands, uh, after that, you moved to IBM, to Accenture, to uh, Logica, and in 2010, you took the role of CIO at the port of Rotterdam. After that, you made several contributions in several government agencies, and you moved to the CIO role of het of the Netherlands in 2019. So, Laurence, tell us a little bit more about yourself. What's your background? How do you come from the, from the Navy to the shore to, to IT? What's a little bit your background?
0: Well, yes. Thank you, uh, Hendrik. Um, To be honest, I joined the Navy because I wanted to see something of the world. I really like to travel, and I come from the eastern part of the Netherlands, Um, so our holidays were in the Netherlands. My father was a teacher, Uh and um, so in in fact it was more of a romantic view I had of this uh, naval career. I joined and I had a very nice time. I was in the operations uh, mm-hmm. side. I did the, the study in Delft uh, in my own uh, free time. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I left and had a career switched into IT because of all the cost cuttings in the Navy in the Netherlands. Okay. So we were selling a lot of ships and I thought, well, um, I can't wait until I have a commanding post of a frigate, but I need, that takes another 10 or 12 years, but maybe then the ships are gone. <laughs> And I liked always IT, mm-hmm. also in the Naval College and in my education. So, um, yeah, I joined a huge company, IBM, at that time. Yep. Um, and in fact, when I, uh, I spent 12 years in the industry and I thought I'd, I'd like to have an IT management position mm-hmm. on the customer side. So yeah, then yeah. I moved on 12 years ago. That was a big switch again. Yes, <laughs> also, yeah. But it was very interesting because uh, you work a lot with suppliers, mm-hmm. IT suppliers, always in the field of IT. You hardly do everything yourself. Um, so my the main line in my career in the IT was outsourcing. I was I, I, IT outsourcing was project manager, program manager, transition manager, also commercially responsible for IT outsourcing. And at the Port of Rotterdam, we had a lot of outsourcing partners. Yeah. So it was a, a pretty small CEO position, but a very important and uh, complicated IT landscape. So yeah. it was for me a very good start to join this. Um, and then later on I moved uh, to five years to the prison services mm-hmm. as a CIO. Also a very interesting execution organization of the Ministry of Justice mm-hmm. with a very diverse landscape because you have everything in the outside world also in the small inside world, so uh, medical systems, uh, uh, matching and placement system, transport systems, everything uh, in IT um, and there was uh, a bit bigger IT operations. Very interesting. So when I was asked uh, if this position at the central government would be interesting, I thought about it. Well, maybe I can do something because I don't have a big IT organization, Mm -hmm. but I can do uh, something to improve the maturity of the IT uh, government-wide. So which is the 12 ministries we have Mm -hmm. and all the execution organizations like the police, tax services, social security. So altogether it's 140,000 civil servants who are working in all these organizations. Yep. So it's more a policy making and so yeah for me it was also interesting to to experience how, how the politics around these um, yep. important uh, so, it's,
1: so for all of us to understand, so in, in, in the Netherlands like in most countries you have ministries for employment, for justice, for finance and so on. They all run their own IT, uh, uh, IT teams, they all have their own CIOs, and, and so your role is to, to align them, to set strategy for all of that. Explain us a little bit more how that is organized. Yeah, well, the, the, the first maybe it's
0: interesting to, uh, to tell where this position comes from. Mm-hmm. The, uh, uh, the Netherlands Court of Audit, we have the, uh, the Algemene the Rekenkamer. Mm-hmm. They are looking into IT already for 30 years in a row. And already in the 90s, they said we need to do something about coordination of IT, and yeah. information services uh, at government level. Uh, but it took a long time, I think it was 2008, uh, that the first, well, CIO, central government was appointed. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our in the constitution of the Netherlands, every ministry is equal to the other. So even our prime minister is not, he is heading the cabinet, but he's not directing, he has not a, um, uh, a, a governance uh, uh, line uh-huh. to the other ministers. Okay. okay, that's That's the way in the Netherlands how it works. So you're correct that every ministry has its own IT policy, its own IT plan, its own IT operations, but we do have a lot of shared service centers who are servicing more ministries. Mm -hmm. So my role is, it's threefold. Um, The first is to promote the the, the right use of information services and IT, Mm -hmm. uh, government-wide, so the 12 ministries and all these executional organizations. Um, I do that uh, with with a team of about 100 FTE mm-hmm. by promulgating um, policies. So I set a vision, um, a, a policies like frameworks or guidelines yep. on IT so that we do more or less things in the same manner, yep. uh, th- th- like the same controls, for instance. And the last one is the coordination part. Uh, I'm not an inspector, but I need to coordinate how they comply or adhere to these policies. Yep. So I monitor them, I guard them, uh, we provide advice or help, mm-hmm. and I report the results to the parliament and to the cabinet and also to the citizens. So these are the three elements, promulgate, whether well, the promotion, yep. the promulgate, and the coordination part. And I do that with a team of, well, what I said, about 100 FTE yep. uh, who are all knowledgeable about on, on different uh, IT now,
1: now, IT, digital is becoming more and more important in, in, in society in general and also in government, of course. So, uh, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about the role and, 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 and how digital can help to organize uh, the, the country of Netherlands in a, in a better way. The first program I'd like to discuss with you, uh, Laurens, is the information transparency program that you, uh, that you have explained to me. What was the, really the the driver for this this program? What was the issue that needed to be solved here?
0: Well, this was a really very urgent and compelling issue. Um, We had an investigation by the parliament into the child care benefit Mm -hmm. process in the Netherlands. Um, And it's a long story but in the end the cabinet uh, stepped down. Um, We had uh, elections later on so it was a real big issue, and, and the, the main issue political was Political crisis, because it was, something it went was, wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and the, the thing that went wrong, and it, was, it went on for many, many years, that that people, so it were um, parents, were accused or suspected of fraud uh, by using these, this child care benefit system. Um, and in the end, many people um, were allegedly not frauding, but they were accused of it. And, and, and it went, that some people went bankrupt, they lost their job. Wow. Um, the, even children were um, um, placed outside of the uh, of the family into um, uh, the, all, foster all the, homes. Parental, yeah. yeah, foster homes, exactly. So it was a, a really really big issue uh, and a political crisis. And one of the issues was the information provisioning. So the open with the and transparency see, of information available within uh, the government organizations. Um, both towards their own ministry, in, in this case it was the tax services inf- informing the Ministry of Finance, mm-hmm. but also towards the Parliament and to the citizens. So altogether the conclusion was, and I think it's the right conclusion, that the information which is the core of all operation, all processes within the government, yeah. you, you can't operate as a government, you can't make any laws, you cannot execute any laws, you can't take any decisions without the right information um, <coughs> was not was not right was not in order, uh, so they um, they uh, they decided to start a big program. It's eight hundred million program, which is big wow. money. Um, and we, as the CEO, central government, were appointed to what to direct this program to start it up with the central part and also with all the decentral parts of the ministries. Um, so th- yeah, the main goal of this program is to. Uh, it It has four um, four <coughs> elements the first is to uh, to attract and recruit more information professionals, so also people who work on the archiving side of information mm-hmm. but also people who are work on the um, on the applications that are being used to yeah to uh, to direct and process the right information mm-hmm. um, because we had a lot of uh, cost-cuttings in this side. Many people were f- well were fired, they were not uh, uh, educated or they were not developed. So there was, it was really a neglected topic. And okay. um, The second one was the, the, the amount and diversity of information, and not only the structured information but also the unstructured, like emails, like SMS's, apps. We have a lot of questions, and we're not alone in the Netherlands but from Parliament. About the SMS uh, uh, the, the traffic between uh, the Prime Minister and some other minister on a certain issue. And Parliament wants to know. So, yeah, then you need that to. That needs to be transparent as well. Yeah, that needs it? to be transparent as well. So, we have new regulations, but that, and it needs to be the same for all organizations. And there were differences now between ministries. Well, the, the, the third part, which is also an, an important part, is the technical part. So, the IT system supporting all these information uh, flows. Uh, because we have a lot of diversity into these document management systems or Mm -hmm. record management applications. So we need to converge this. Uh, We don't need dozens of these applications. who all are a bit different. Uh, It needs to be more or less the same. And I'm not not saying we need to have one system for everyone, but it is an issue now. And the fourth one is the governance, because one big part of my job is how do we organize this? Um, without the formal mandate I have some mandate mm-hmm. but my biggest uh, asset is the connection with the other CIOs um, and my authority so I need to know what we are talking about mm-hmm. I can direct I can connect but it's for me very hard to say comply and because I have no yeah, formal mandate. Comply or
1: fire that's, that's yeah like, I <laughs> would love to <laughs> some
0: small topics but so this issue is, it, it's, a, it's a big program. Uh, it's, it will take at least six years uh, to roll out mm-hmm. um, and we have a whole program organization set up uh, with, with people from the market, uh, of course, um, yeah. and with all the ministries who have their own programs. So altogether, this program is about 900 projects. So 900 it's really, project. it's wow. big and it's, yeah. So and it's, how
1: far uh, are you in that project?
0: Well, um, we are well underway, um, uh, I would say. That th- that to be honest, in the first year, you only can set up the governance. You need to hire people, you need to set up the structure, the portfolio management. But also, how are, are we going to, to allocate the budget we have? Because this 800 million, we're not going to spend it on our own, but we need to distribute it according well, to all the ministries. Uh, And that's a a huge debate and discussion, because uh, we had 800 million, but what they asked for was double uh, the amount, of course, that's how it works. So they asked for 1.6 billion, but so you have all the discussion about the priorities and um, are you going to to reward uh, some industries who are really lagging behind because they did nothing for the past 10 years. Or are you um, yeah, uh, rewarding ministries already did did something? Yeah. So that's it's, it's also some moral aspect. Uh, so we, we we I think we are now we have all the programs uh, running. Uh, they have all their organizations running. Um, we choose to to have some annual budgets uh, because we want to to be able to um, yeah to, to adapt the program to well maybe to reality to incidents or to. Mm-hmm to other uh, priority setting. Uh, and now we are so far that almost 90% of the budget is allocated, so they are all doing their thing and they're mm-hmm. reporting it to us. Um, and the last 10%, we will, well, we look into the next years what will happen if some
1: adaptation is needed, yep. so. And if this is all in full force, uh, let's say, and this is be implemented, how will the Netherlands be different? What is for politicians and for uh, for civilians, How will the world be different after this project?
0: Well, um, I think the biggest advantage and the biggest result will be that we have more information sooner available Mm -hmm. to the public, because sometimes now we have an information request and it can take up months before it's being delivered. So they need to search it and they need to make it complete. And it's very, very difficult. So that will be more proactive and also more in a, a standard form because we need to agree on what form, uh, on uh, metadata for instance, Mm -hmm. Uh, we need to make choices because now we have difference between the Ministry of Finance and Ministry of Economic Affairs for instance. And we need to close this gap because we are one government and we need to have the same approach uh, towards the same. um, So there will be a lot more information available. And I know that is a request also from journalists, investigative journalists or parliament. So that will be the main effect, and I think that will also build, because that's my main, pur- my main purpose, in building trust again, because there was a lack of trust, especially after this political crisis. And with this program, we can help in well, re-establishing more trust between the citizens and the government.
1: And that's something that we need anyway, right, I, mean, I think if so, if yeah. If you look at government and, and I mean the role of politicians nowadays, who wants to be a politician? No, right? yeah. It's a very, very tough job. Yeah. And and you get so much, so much critiqued by every by everyone. So uh, so so this is will help to solve that by by being able to be more transparent on what's going on in the ministries, what's going on in in political areas in uh, in the government uh, and, and 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 so on. So that's super important, right?
0: Yeah. What, what you see, we come from. An era where, of course, we informed Parliament with a lot, but these were the final products. And Parliament is also interested in how the decision-making process went. Uh, Sometimes it goes maybe a bit too far because, for instance, the the cabinet meetings, so the Ministerraad on Fridays, they are secret meetings, of course. There is a report, but you don't want to have all the individual positions of ministers to be out but during this political crisis and the hearings that were made and, and, and the big investigation, um, they, they chose to have these secret um, uh, minutes um, published. Also? Wow. Yeah, all to build trust again back to with, with, with the people. Um, so it's, it's becoming more complicated. And we look also to, into other countries mm-hmm. uh, like Denmark and like Finland, because they, ha- they are, I think, in this matter... Uh, more advanced than we yep. Um we are, I don't say we are really lagging behind but, but because of the diversity we have in organizations uh, in government um, yeah we need to agree on how we are going to do this because it needs to be in the same way for every ministry and for every
1: um, uh, execution organization okay. and so this is a huge 800 million uh, euro program six years that you are guiding, implementing and working together with the uh, with the different ministries, yeah let's talk about another uh i think very important uh, program that you have been working on um, and that is the um, the i t strategy for the Netherlands that you have put on paper and 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 that you're now working with the ministries to to implement that and so on. I understand there's where does that come from? Is that something that has been developed every year, every five years? What's the, what's the goal of having uh, a nationwide, a national IT strategy plan? And 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 where are you with that today?
0: Um, well, to be honest, we are good in making plans at government. If you look <laughs> into the, in the past, then there were so many agendas and plans and even uh, uh, strategies. But most of the strategies, to be honest, are not really strategies because in my view, a strategy is something you really undertake. You have money, you have budget, you have resources to to, yeah, to make it happen. That's yep. what you do with strategy, but in many cases, strategies within government are just documents on priorities, on things that should happen, but there is no money behind it. Yep. Uh, that's where, so the, from my background, I really want to to make a difference, I don't want to make just a document. Mm-hmm. I really want to make a difference in having the better IT, yep. better IT maturity of the CIOs and the CIO offices, and also the CTOs and the shared service centers. So, um, in fact, this IT strategy, there was, of course, an agenda. The, the, my predecessor, of course, they did many good jobs and they, uh, they, they, they had a program uh, with four themes. But when I was three months in office, um, and I had my presentation on what, I, what my observations were, yep. I thought whether I, these eight topics which are really, really important. And then together with all the CIOs, because it's really, it's not that I invented this splendid isolation with my, with my, my teams, because it, it needs to be a, a common strategy. Yep. So together with all the CIOs, and altogether I have the CIO Council with um, with 18 people, so 12 from the ministries mm-hmm. and six big organizations yep. like UFA, tax services, so social security services, tax services, police, um, and, and, and a few others, uh, because that's where the big IT spend in fact is. Um, and then we drafted up this IT strategy with the 10 themes uh, and, and it's, many of the themes I are, 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 are think are not very new, mm-hmm. but they are really important. For instance, the sustainable IT landscape we have a huge legacy issue in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I think many organizations and many governments have yeah. it. Um, but if you count, um, I think that the, the, the estimates are between 8 and 10 billion euros to fix this problem. And it has, has not much political interest because everything works. And yeah. well, You also have people uh, and who say, well, if something works, don't touch it anymore. But you can't because you need to update your operating systems, your hardware, your your network, everything is, is changing. Yep. We need to, uh, to more adapt to the cloud, for instance. So one of the main uh, things uh, is, and I think it's really an achievement, we had a cloud policy from 2011 in the Netherlands, where, which said, well, we are not really using the cloud because it's unsafe. And this Friday, in fact, well, yeah, well we have this in- interview now, but, in the Ministry uh, Council, the cabinet, they will um, uh, approve and uh, the new uh, cloud policy, which is really my job together with the CIOs. Okay. So uh, these 10 themes which go from IT security to IT skills, in fact, uh, also the, 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 to hire and, and recruit the right IT people, because we have 3,000 um, vacancies within the IT vacancies <laughs> within it, uh, the, the central government. Um, it's all in this IT strategy, yep. so the strategy alone is, I think, a very big achievement because we did it together. It's also been approved in the Ministry uh, by the Cabinet, it has been sent to the Parliament, and now we are in the execution of this um, okay. IT strategy, so we set priorities. Um, every theme is being sponsored by one of or two of the CIOs, so they adapted, uh, adopted, I must say, mm-hmm. A um, the theme like the transparency and insight, which is a separate uh, theme, is being adopted by the CIO of the Ministry of Infrastructure. Um, this whole program we just mentioned about information transparency yep. is the—it's uh, one theme on its own. Uh, and I'm uh, myself heading uh, two themes. Uh, one is the sustainable IT landscape, which mm-hmm. also IT architecture, enterprise architecture. Uh, and also the development of more shared services. So not that everyone does it no. by its own, uh, being autonomous, but cooperate. And uh, yeah, when you cooperate, you have a bigger scale and then you can have um, a shared services, which is being used by more departments. And the last one, the number theme, uh, number 10 is the theme about cooperation with the markets. And I'm very fond of cooperating with the markets Um, and I I spent 12 years in the market, so I know how it works there, I know how these complicated tender processes uh, work, so I want to do more innovation uh, projects, I want to look into this tender process, how we we can um, make doing business more easy than it is now, because they complain a lot and I acknowledge uh, uh, they're right in in many respects. Um, I'm not doing it on my own because I have also a Chief Procurement Officer uh, at central government uh, level um, so yeah it's it's a whole I think the ten themes they are it's a coherent uh, thing that there are common themes uh, we have a very nice folder y- you can look it up in internet it's um, we also have, a, have an English translation uh, I discussed it with some of my colleagues from Denmark from Estonia for instance just to, to figure out how they are coping with this issue um, and since the beginning of this year we have a, st- a secretary of state responsible for digitalization, which was not the case. We had never had any um, minister or state secretary yep. responsible for IT. And I think that's a very big step forward. Uh, we needed it. We need to keep up with the pace of other countries, yep. like, like Germany, like Belgium, like France. So they are also well underway. Um, so it's becoming more political. And that is also good for me because it helps me, it gives a bit, little, bit of a push from the political side. Because if it's not political interesting, then many times people will tend to neglect it. And then you can have a new political crisis in a couple of years on another issue.
1: Uh, So creating this this strategy, this plan that has support from politics, where there's even a a, a state secretary and a, a minister for digital now in the Netherlands, and then aligning the 18 most important CIOs of the government around that plan—that's already a big achieve, achievement. As such, I can uh, can imagine. So let's dive into uh, a couple of these uh, teams. Um, you talked about legacy and um, being a sustainability legacy, and that that is in not only here but in, in many government, many uh, other organizations as well. A, a, a big, big problem. What's the What's the, the, the common vision to address this technical debt, the, this, this legacy that you have in your organization? What's the approach, the, the strategy to solve that or to manage that, to live with that? How, how do you approach that?
0: Um, well, I think there are some different approaches. One to mention, uh, and I think that's, that's a really important thing that also came out of the interviews I had with all these CIOs in drafting this plan or this, this strategy is that we need to have some, well, you could say enterprise architecture approach. Okay. Because architectural side, and that's where, in fact, every IT uh, starts, that what is what is your landscape, how does it fit, uh, what is your policy towards cloud. So I, I already mentioned cloud and the new cloud policy, because I think there is a part of solution in cloud. Cloud is so mature nowadays, and we can really use it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that we transfer all IT operations, including all uh, personal data uh, into the public cloud, but there are so many hybrid cloud solutions you can develop into the cloud, you can test into the cloud, you can accept and you can even have your own data uh, in in your own uh, on-premises. So we need to use this as part of the solution, Mm -hmm. but um, it started with this architectural view. we are We have an architectural board um, we, we th- it, it was also a bit neglected in, the, in, in in the past because it's very hard to find good architects mm-hmm. um, so this will be uh, re-ignited and then, uh, then we can have also a discussion about the main suppliers so th- having a, a common approach towards these big tech suppliers like the Microsoft like oracle like uh, like google uh, is important and they They also ask us to organize ourselves because uh, then, yeah, it's for them easier to to do business with the government if we are joining up forces and also joining up knowledge because you need to be very knowledgeable uh, to interact with these parties. Uh, but it's so that's one part of the solution: architecture and 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 an approach cloud. to cloud. Okay. Yeah.
1: And how about the application side then? Because yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that is difficult part. And we, um, I think that that's um, that's also threefold. It's it's the infrastructure part where cloud can uh, be a solution, but also the I would say the uh, the development of IT. So the edge agile agile um, work uh, approach towards IT. And we have some good examples of uh, Skilled Agile Framework, for instance, yeah. at Logis, which is an uh, internal IT supplier who is providing many services to, uh, for instance, the digital ID to, to, to citizens. Mm-hmm. But also the, uh, the DUO, which is the, uh, uh, the Education Finance uh, Institution, which is part of the Ministry of Education. They had a, a huge overhaul of their uh, inf- uh, application landscape uh, in the past years, because they're financing all schools and, and the universities in the Netherlands, but also the students, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a big budget. Um, I think the, the, the crux, uh, that, and, that's, and there are of course some some, yeah, some very what problems I would say, some uh, organization, which is the tax services, because tax services is very complicated. And in the past, in short, they build a system for every new tax law, so they have dozens of systems which are not really interconnected, so it's very difficult. And that's part of this political crisis I mentioned about the childcare benefit, that if you would ask for your dossier, then it would take them weeks to find your dossier because you're not only a parent and you are of, of these children, but you're also a taxpayer because you have a job, you're, uh, you're uh, paying all the taxes, and because in all these systems they couldn't just simply find um, yeah, uh, a person. So th- for them, it's a really big issue. They were not capable, for instance, the politics wanted to ha- to lower the VAT on fruits because one of the, uh, to encourage the use of yep. fruits. Uh, then taxers said, well, it will take us two years. <laughs> so we can't do that by the first of this year and also not by the first of t- 2023. Wow. So, there are some organizations who are really struggling and with And they it. have
1: huge budgets, right? Uh, yeah,
0: but the budget is not a problem, It's uh, and, and, and even resources and suppliers, but it's so dispersed and it's so diverse, the landscape, um, and we, and yeah, well, sometimes we think that throwing money at the problem will solve it. It's, with this 800 million because we neglected the issue for 15 years. And then the Ministry of Finance says, well, here you've got 800 million, within six years, we expect you to fix it. That's, but it's, it's far more complicated, yep. but we are making progress. And what I try to do also is to, to, um, to connect these organizations with each other and to learn how you make this journey. And also not only from the organizations in my CIO Council, mm-hmm. but also from organizations outside, like the banks, like ING. I have an advisory board with also the CEO of, of ING, mm-hmm. and they had the same journey, they also, but they started of course 10 years or 12 years yeah. earlier, but they had the same issues, they had the same problems, and well, we try to, to learn from them how we can cope with this.
1: Now another hugely important and, 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 and topic that's getting more and more airtime uh, anyway is, is data and analytics. Um, that's also one of the, the 10 uh, teams in your um, a national IT strategy. Tell us a little bit about that. What's the approach? What's the situation today? What What do you want to improve? And what's the, how are you gonna tackle that?
0: Yeah, well, um, data, as you said, and I think for, for every, uh, any company, any organization is more or less a data-driven organization, but we are making progress. I always say the, the government has been a data-driven for centuries, but no. th- then it was on paper and the processes w- were more slow, but, we are also uh, trying to use data, for instance, tax services because they're doing pretty well on that, but also police services in combining sources of data, uh, doing analysis, and trying to become more effective and efficient. Mm-hmm. So uh, proactive policing, for instance, uh, instead of just uh, random use or uh, by 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 scheduling your your uh, resources. Yep. So that's what that's one part. But the, the, another part, and it has also to do with this. Uh, this transparency program, because data is also the the, the source for information. Uh, if you have raw data which is not correct and which is some more or less was the, the case also with this political crisis, yep. then your information is also not correct, also not if you put it into archive later and if you have an investigation. So it has to do with data management, so we are setting up a CDO structure, mm-hmm. a Chief Data Officer structure, uh, also to agree on metadata or data management, uh, also on uh, on, the, on the use of language we use. Yep. Uh, for instance, the the, the uh, I, I worked at the Ministry of Justice at the Prison Services, and we had many definitions for for an inmate or a prisoner or uh, or someone uh, uh, suspected from, uh, from from crime. A crime. Yep. So the this, the Prosecution Service had a, their definition. Uh, The the courts had a definition, and that didn't work really well together. And so that's really an issue uh, we need to address. So we want to have more, I would say, um, labs on data, to encourage it on data. Mm -hmm. Um, We have also the, uh, the, the responsibility to look into the protection side, because from the politics, there was a lot of focus on the negative sides of algorithms, the use of algorithms. We had many investigations, also by the court of audit, but also in this investigative uh, uh, project by the parliament in mm-hmm. doing child c- uh, care benefit, that some of these algorithms, they, they, they try, or they, not, they don't try, but they in fact they, they discriminate on,
1: for so a wrong reasons, like and, yeah. yeah
0: bias, uh, because of your surname, which could be an Arabic name for instance, uh, or your background, or your nationality. So we have a whole investigation now running on all, all the all, all algorithms being used within yep. government, which are hundreds of course, if there is case of injustice, uh, unjustifiable use of, yep. for instance, a secondary yep. uh, uh, nationality. Yep. Um, and that's, that's uh, uh, so I, uh, there is the, the opportunity parts and which we need to encourage. We want data analytics to make better policies, mm-hmm. better laws and better execution thereof. But we also have this protective And from the European side, there are many, many dossiers like the AI Act or the Data Act which have an influence on this because they they also want us to to respect privacy, uh, the GDPR, um, but also to look into this, not only the bias, but what I say, the the secondary discrimination. There can be different reasons which is not your your religion or your nationality, but there can be another thing that could lead to discrimination because, for instance, many people of a certain nationality live in a certain neighborhood. And if you use this post, post, postal code of a neighborhood, that could lead to secondary um, discrimination oh. into the use of this algorithm.
1: Now you said that you have uh, uh, the CIO of the bank in, uh, in, in your, your board uh, so you can learn from each other. Banks, they put their, their, their customer in the center nowadays and they build everything around that. So I think one of your goals is to, to put the citizen in the center. And, and on data level, does that mean that you can envision that there's one central data lake that brings information together from justice, from tax, from police, from, from health, from medical, so that you have a total view of, of the citizen and that he can uh, this access this his data? This is a very political uh, <laughs> topic
0: because maybe from a customer perspective, like commercial, like chief commercial officers who have, they want this mm-hmm. profile of their customers as much as possible. In um, the Netherlands, we are very, very uh, reluctant also because of this, this this privacy issue. And of course, it is from a technical perspective, you can combine everything which yep. is possible. But we are very, very, um, um, yeah, I would say we scrutinize the, 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 the aim we want to achieve with it. Yep. Uh, the medical part is completely separated because that is uh, a special form of personal uh, data. Okay. We have, and of course we have some legislation on it, so the GDPR is a gener- generic one, but the police have some more mandate and, and the, ju- uh, the Justice Department, like uh, I work with the prison services, of course they have many, many personal details which are necessary to, uh, to record and to put into the dossier because no. you need it uh, in, during the process. Um, So we try to operate as a whole of government, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole of government approach is worldwide to to, uh, put the citizen into the front and into the center and do everything uh, like single registration and reuse of it. Uh, But to be honest, we are not even on level two of this maturity level of a government because we have all these diverse organizations. Uh, so we make some progress. We have, for instance, uh, uh, main overhead, which is uh, the, the correspondence uh, like uh, letters you receive from tech services. that's all digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think we will reach the level where we have one big data lake with every all personal data, and then we can make any kind of combination. Yeah. Uh, because we want to respect uh, the privacy
1: of the citizen. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm astonished. I mean. People don't realize it, eh? but the complexity that you work in is enormous. Eh? You have the political influence, of course, but then all the different ministries, all, all these 18 different domains um, that need to be synchronized as much as possible, that need to be, well, helped to standardize with, with uh, some um, uh, shared service centers and so on. So you have a huge job to do, doing that and, and making efficiencies and economies of scale. Uh, and so you're in this for three years now. If you look at back at these three years and you you look forward to the next three years, how how happy are you? What what, what can you achieve in three, in six, in nine years in a job like this?
0: Well, to be honest, I think we, we really made a good progress. When mm-hmm. I started, um, there was uh, well to, there was low trust into the capabilities mm-hmm. of my organization, okay. so this GIO, yeah. and the government, into having uh, to making progress and to have a real impact on it. Yeah. Um, and as I said, I, have, I don't have a big mandate, so I, I need to co- cooperate with them, I need to have my own authority. So I really build on this trust no. with these uh, 18 members of the CO Council. And I, I think I, I succeeded a lot in mm-hmm. achieving this. So, so for instance, this IT strategy is a really a common big effort and I'm proud uh, of it. Um, but on the other side, um, I have still a lot of vacancies which are very hard to fulfill, no. uh, to attract people from other ministries or other organizations, or even from outside. So yep. I also try to, to bring some fresh blood and fresh ideas from people outside So what, outside is, it, what the is it that
1: you need most for today, and, and why should they join you in, yeah, in, in your effort? Well, let's, let's tell it to the world. <laughs> I think um, well, we,
0: we really make a difference, but you need to be patient. Mm-hmm. Things are complicated, need a lot of discussion, a lot of debate, so yep. don't expect that you reach something within a couple of months. And that's, that's something I learned at the prison services. Working within government organizations is a lot of discussion, a lot of information, and even if you put it on paper and you agree on it, then uh, the, the, I always say that the the impact you make is not only the content and the process and organization, but it's also the behavior of people. Yeah. So if people don't behave like it, then everything can be okay on paper, but you don't reach anything. Uh, so you need to like that. You need to, and also you need to like a bit the 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 um, the diversity in in operations. Sometimes we have uh, all of a sudden uh, a debate because there were SMSs uh, exchanged between the Prime Minister and some other person and that came into the press and then the Parliament wants a debate and then uh, all of a sudden I myself and some people are sitting next to the State Secretary in Parliament uh, and there is a debate for four hours maybe and we need to answer questions. you need to uh, yeah, to get a bit fun out of this because yep. sometimes it's not not the most important topic, but it is in the newspaper. It's on the news, and that's that's one thing. And the other thing, I, th- um, I my personal, uh, my, my professional ambition is to, to 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 get a higher level of the IT maturity, govern wise. But my personal mission, uh, also in my previous jobs, is to sh- to have people um, develop themselves and. Um, and let people shine in fact and that's what I do with my organization so I give them um, a a mandate I ask for their initiative don't stick to your role description if there is an issue if there's a a problem if you see an opportunity go for it ask for forgiveness and not for permission that's my that's my slogan Um, and I try to empower them but I also expect them to take ownership and that's thing which is a bit difficult in a Mm -hmm. political organization, because taking ownership makes you also a bit vulnerable. And we are not a political, well, we are uh, civil servants, and we work for political people, so for these ministers, and and, and they are responsible in a political sense, but we have a professional responsibility. And I want my people to take responsibility and to take ownership for their topics, for their dossiers. Uh, and sometimes that's a bit tricky because I think, hmm, if I take ownership, it makes me a bit vulnerable. And if my plan is not accepted by, for instance, the state secretary, then my head goes off. But trust me, no one's head goes off <laughs> as I've, I've never seen it. Uh, okay.
1: Now, you touched upon the, uh, the topic of skills, uh, IT skills in government in general. But the here in, in what do you say three thousand seven thousand people uh, vacancies for for it mm-hmm. people here in and the dutch government that's i mean that's enormous that's a problem you cannot solve that's that's insolvable with with the current uh, situation i can imagine oh, unless you're recruiting international or what what's what's for you the the, the the different because it's 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 not one solution that will that will uh, solve this. What are the elements that can help you to solve this big skills, uh, IT skills gap that you have here?
0: Well, it, it is really a big issue, especially in this market and mm-hmm. especially in the Netherlands. Uh, and if you look at too, the people we, that come from university and, and high school on, on, on technical levels, it's, it's there are too few. Mm-hmm. So even from the, the, the people who are starting uh, to work, uh, there are not enough people uh, graduating. Um, it's the same issue with the in the industry. Um, so we have traineeships. We have, of course, recruitment campaigns. Sometimes we we are uh, competing with each other. So tech services competing mm-hmm. with Rijkswaterstaat with the infrastructure service, which is also a bad thing. Um, so if, if you ask me, we are looking into um, and, and into this topic because it's one of the themes in the IT strategy as well. So of course we are continuing these programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, these programs. Um, which we also are looking into uh, hiring people not only based on their CV, so on their their background and their education, but more on the competencies. When I joined IBM 24 years ago, I was one of the few who had a technical background. I had uh, this electrical engineering uh, uh, master. Uh, But they had a, uh, a requirement, I think it was for 800 FTE per year. So they had a huge demand. Uh, but what they, how they did it, they had a very good assessment. So there was an assessment. I think it took one day. And even people who did uh, history or social geography, they could fit into a job and they passed this uh, uh, this test, this assessment, and then they could get a job. And I think that would be... Uh, then you have a, a bigger lake where you can fish yeah. from. Um, and another one, but that's my personal thing. Uh, that's not an official policy. I think we need to use more the people the migrants who come from outside in the Netherlands. Because, well, I think it's the same in Belgium. We have a lot of migrants who are into the, the process, and during this process they are not allowed to work, so they wait for years sometimes. Of course there are people who are very well yeah, educated and, and skilled, and, yeah. and of course they need to learn Dutch because yeah. in, within the government everything is in Dutch. But I think that there are many people who, are, who, are, who want this, who have the ambition, who are skilled, uh, so that could lead to another, um, yep. yeah. And another thing is, um, and that's not official in this in this theme, if we automate more and we use more of, uh, with the outsourcing and cloud, then yep. we can. Yeah, then we have less demand of own people who are do, doing our own IT, and that's also something because it's the pro- the the problem is getting worse because we have a lot of people in their 40s or 50s. Mm-hmm. So in the next 10 years, many people will retire. Yep and if we don't have new recruitment then, yep. yeah it the, will get worse
1: uh, you mentioned automation and and uh, software robots and and, and uh, robotic process automation is, is is quite a very interesting uh, development uh, over the last years and some people even say that 30 to 40% of back office administrative tasks could be completely automated what what's what's your vision and and on and, uh, on 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 these next uh, generation of automation tools, and are you promoting the use of that internally within IT, within the administrations themselves?
0: Yeah, especially on the administrative side, like purchasing, and so we Mm -hmm. have uh, RPA, so robotic Mm -hmm. process uh, automation uh, pilots running, and some organizations are really doing well. Um, on the application side, as you mentioned, we have this huge legacy issue, so that automation will be more on the side of virtualization. I, can, I think we can do a lot more on that, also on shared services. But we shouldn't forget that we always need to, to serve the citizen in other ways than automation. Mm-hmm. So although we, we, we have a focus on, well, I would say, on digital services, on digital portals towards a citizen, they always need to be able, when they, when the citizen is not digitally skilled to go to an office uh, the, the no. municipality or the library no. or to get assistance. Uh, and that's something we have an obligation to serve all citizens, regardless their age, their background, their uh, IT skills. No. Uh, so we always will need to serve. And even if it's a very small portion of the uh, society, then we need to serve them. Okay. So it's, it's more difficult than... Like a web shop that says, "I only have a web shop. Yeah. You only can buy stuff via the portal because we don't have uh, a shop of bricks." Yeah. Um, so we will always. So it will not. It will not be as efficient as mm-hmm. a commercial company.
1: Uh, and do you see a, a, a big opportunity for the new generation of low-code, no-code tools in in, in 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 IT and government? If you don't have enough skills, then maybe. Other people can uh, build uh, applications yeah, and so th- on? Yeah, I think that th-
0: th- we have, of course, an open source, and, and we try to use open source uh, th- th- in our own developments, uh, which is st- still uh, a bit lagging behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- but there's, there's much more to say about open source and about the policies, uh, of course. But I think that th- these low-code um, uh, developments can also, uh, well, uh, not only underpin, but help us in getting Becoming less dependent of the old uh, legacy systems and the old applications, and also the uh, well, the people, also the old people, many of them, yeah. uh, who are um, who are uh, supporting these uh, these systems.
1: Lawrence, let's talk a little bit more about you. I think we already have a good idea of what your role is. Um, you are um, in very sophisticated way of that you need to lead uh, the uh, the organization here and and to align all these different uh, players, the different stakeholders. Um, so that, and, and you talked about how you, how you want to manage your people and how in, this, uh, in, in the government you want people to well to take a risk to, to, uh, to, uh, um, uh, to be entrepreneurial and to come up with new ideas and that you will uh, support them uh, for that. Let's talk a little bit about your, your leadership style because I think to do your job you need to be a very strong leader. Because a manager is one thing, but the leader is somebody that people want to follow, that they believe in, that they they see to have a strategy and a vision that that they're going somewhere. So if I would go to your your CIO board and I would ask your uh, 18 colleagues there, uh, who is Laurens? Can you describe his leadership style? What do you think they will say about you when you're not around?
0: Um, well, there's one thing I'm pretty sure they will say because I got this compliment yesterday. Okay, I, I had cool. the CIO council, I read every month, and they say um, you are connecting people. And I think that's one of the most important leadership st- especially in this role, yep. because of the lack of mandate. So I really need to connect. And, and how do I do this? Because, of course, everyone tries to connect, whether it is with their own teams or with their customers or with their uh, senior board uh, I try to listen I really try to listen what's happening uh, I have a semi annual uh, conversation with every CIO so that's 18 every half year and not not only on the on the uh, on the, the compliance side I, but also I want to know what is your what is your, what are your issues also on the political side if I talk to the CIO of the ministry of um, agriculture mm-hmm. Then of course they are busy with all well the the, the farmers protests and the nitrogen uh, cries. and so on, and, and that gives me a bit of a feeling on how the atmosphere is there and 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 the and the context where they are operating. So that's my way of connecting with them, and because I, well and I, I don't well I don't want to be uh, too too proud, but I know how they work because I've been a CIO in the operations myself. I've worked in several CIO positions uh, and that gives me a bit of authority. So the, what I ask them and what I uh, tell them and what I try to explain is, well, it's trustworthy because I have this background and not only myself, but yep. also my people. Um, and I always, and that's something I, I, I learned from the Navy, uh, you should be a leader. You want to follow yourself. if. That's that's my goal, my personal development goal. So I try to lead by example, mm-hmm. by showing them what I do and if that's the right thing, um, then they will follow. Yep. Uh, and, 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 and I have a complicated role, as you said, because I'm not only well, well leading the CIO council, but I also a bit of a buffer between all the CIOs and this political side, this state secretary and this, this parliament. So they can ask something, but if we, think, wow, this is a really bad idea, then I, I, of course, I try to influence and make it more feasible, yeah. uh, for instance. And I feel that responsibility very uh, heavy on me um, because, yeah, they need to trust me in fulfilling this ro- yeah. role. And, they, they, and if and they see me taking this seriously, then they also want to not only follow me, but also want to support me in fulfilling this role.
1: Okay. Let's talk about the typical role of a CIO in government. Because you know all of them now, and, and you've been the CIO in a, in a government organization, private and, or, well, Port of Amsterdam, or uh, Port of Rotterdam was also a kind of a, it's not a commercial organization, it's kind of semi-government I can imagine a bit. So, uh, uh, the role of a CIO in governance, in government, how has that changed? How is that changing? If you look back 10 years ago, what was the typical role? What was the function of the CIO back then? How do you see it today? How do you see the, 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 the best ones acting today? And how do you see this role evolving? Where's the, where the future of the CIO in government?
0: Well, yeah, that's, well, a couple of questions. Um, if you look 10 years back then, it was a completely different world. There was a CIO appointed at every ministry because of this reports of the, the, the Council of, uh, of Audit. Mm-hmm. And my role was created uh, in 2008. Um, But it was merely a role. So what all the ministries did, they said, well, we just appoint you, you you're now the CIO. So on paper, it was fixed. Uh But many of these people were not knowledgeable about IT. Uh, They sometimes, they didn't have access or were not part of the uh, executive board of a ministry. Um, uh, They had all kind of different roles connected to it, on finance or housing or or, or facilities, Mm -hmm. Uh, a bit like... Um, and I think the biggest uh, aspect of the role was a compliance. So they tried to get control on the IT projects, but we had failed IT projects. They were prominent into par- parliament and also in, into the news. Uh, so we had an investigation, which is the, the Commission alias. Uh, it was uh, eight years ago. I also um, was was an advisor to this uh, to this Commission, and they had a report. So they want to have more control on the execution of IT project because they say well it's all spilled money if you have an IT project and uh, by the end it's twice or three times the budget which often happened uh, and I think still happens. So it was merely on the control side and on the compliance side and not by, by definition people who were knowledgeable. If you look now I am part of most of the selection committees of these CIOs so I'm part of the yeah, when new people come to uh, uh, for a job. Um, and my I, I only thing I look into their background is, are these people a bit knowledgeable? Do we have some experience? Uh, it doesn't need to be uh, government experience uh, in the first place. It could also be some other political environment like Shell or RNG. These yeah. are also highly political organizations. Um, and if I look now, they have more responsibility, they have their own CIO system, because like an, uh, the Ministry of Defense, they have one CIO, but they have all these like uh, Army, uh, Air Force, uh, Navy, so they have now their own system structure. of C- yeah, their own structure, uh, that's a better word, of, uh, of CIOs. So they're really uh, more knowledgeable, they have more, um, also a, a better position into their ministries. Yep. Um, and they they, well, they, know more about the state, the maturity state of their IT yep. the, 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 in, in terms of reports and also this information provisioning. Uh, there was hardly any uh, view of how good or, or how bad the yep. IT landscape was. It was on finance, like the, the most governments are really, well they are reporting their finance and they're justifying their finance once a year. We are also doing this to parliament. But of course money is important, but I think it's even more important how it actually works. If it's functional, if a law works, if the citizens are are feeling or receiving any public value, because that's what we deliver in the broader sense uh, towards society. So it has really evolved, and if you look into the future, my dream is that it will even more converge, that there are less differences in the positions of CIOs, uh, although there will be, still be because some big organizations like the Ministry of Social Affairs, it's a pretty small ministry, but they have some huge like the Social Security Services UWV and the SVB, which are huge executioner uh, organizations, uh, and they have their own IT of course. Yep. But I, I so both the profile, but also the responsibility uh, and the mandate. Um, In my view, it should be encouraged Uh, and being more important, being taken seriously by all the Director Generals of all the policies uh, fields within the ministries, And even more my ambition, but that's not typical to the Sierra Role, that there will be more interest and more knowledge into Parliament. Because on many topics, maybe it's the same in Belgium, I don't know, but there are only a handful of... of, uh, parliament, members of parliament, who are interested and also a bit knowledgeable on this yeah. topic. And it is, that's something we need to have a, um, well, to be, to be on equal level yeah. uh, on, on, on understanding and knowledge of the, of yeah. the issues.
1: Now, I, I, I talk to a lot of CIOs from, from around the world and many in, in, in Europe. And the top ones I talk to are really driven, are really the drivers of change, the drivers of innovation, the drivers of digitalization. So I can imagine that's where you want your your team to, uh, to, to go to where they, they are in the board of their, of their organizations. They are there to, to inspire the, the total leadership team to do more with data and, and, and because, I mean, this is, this is such a huge uh, domain where IT can be, can be so brilliant, right? And there's still so much work to be done, not only here in the Netherlands, I can imagine, in every government in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. Lawrence. Let's talk about a little bit more about you, about your personality, because I believe that personality believes, uh, values and so on really determine the success of a digital leader. And so you shared with us that your um, MBTI profile is ESTP, while you, you're a little bit ESTP, ESTG, the J and the P are very, very close. Almost, yeah. So at the moment, you, uh, you score as uh, ESTP, also known as an entrepreneur, so um, somebody who's more extroverted, observant, thinking and prospecting. And these are people that tend to be energetic, action-oriented, uh, they navigate whatever is in front of them and they love uncovering life's uh, opportunities, whether socializing with others or in more personal uh, pursuits. Allowance. what I want to do uh, is, is present you the typical, start with the, the typical strong points of ESTPs and see if that, uh, that, that fits you and where you recognize yourself the most. ESTPs are typically very bold. They are very rational and practical. They are original in their thinking. They are very perceptive. They are direct, but also very sociable. So which ones... Uh, for you stand stand out in this uh, in this profile.
0: Mm, I think, to be honest, if you personally, I think I, it's the bold one. I, I I I can be very practical, although I work in a very political uh, mm-hmm. uh, environment now. Uh, but I want to be uh, concrete on what we try to achieve or how we achieve it. But yep. also on giving feedback to people. I al- I also expect that from others towards myself, Mm -hmm. to my performance, but I think that would be honestly, yeah, what I, the difference I make is also in having these big policy documents reduced into three sentences instead of it's more about quality than the quantity of words.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, your profile is, 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 I think, interesting in the position that you're in as, a, an, a profile, as an entrepreneur in this, uh, in, in this political and, 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 and government environment. Let's look at the flip side. Let's look at potential weaknesses. Let's call them development areas for people with your um, personality. People, uh, ESTPs, that can be uh, insensitive, They can be impatient, they can be risk-prone, they can be unstructured, Uh, sometimes they miss the bigger picture, and they can be uh, defiant, and they don't want to be boxed in. Uh, Which one of these do you recognize, and which one of these was really your personal development area that you have uh, uh, worked most on?
0: I think two of them, and I did an assessment before I joined this role mm-hmm. as well, so an interesting, I think the, 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 the most prominent one was the risk-prone. I, I tried to take uh, risk, but what I learned here is, and that's what I do now, is always talk to someone else, and then there are many people who say, yes, but, <laughs> and it helps me in uh, in still taking risk, but not be irresponsible, and in this environment, um, because this is a very risk-adverse environment, especially imagine, yeah. on the political side. But I try to really make things happen. The other one is the impatience. I was, and that's maybe, uh, I'm a bit older now, and I did the MBTI also a couple of times, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, and I'm less impatient now. I know that things take time and you need to influence people, you need to talk to people. And, uh, so this is a good learning environment for me yep. <laughs> to get rid of the impatience because th- th- sometimes people th- are not unwanting uh, n- un- or they they are not th- th- reluctant, but they they need uh, well, they have a different time uh, frame. They need to adapt to your um, Yeah, d- d- when I jump to conclusions and I say well, this is the thing we need to do then they are still here yep. and they try to figure out what but they are not unwillingly, they're not they want to move, they want to uh, help you, in their own and they're rhythm. Sort of,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. So, keeping your rhythm at, at the right pace is important, in, in, in yeah, your but
0: job. also look at a bit what well, touch the boundaries because a bit impatience is needed because then otherwise the risk is that you don't move anything. If you say we are with we were with 18 people in the co council yeah. and we need all to go together to the next, then it takes two years to make a single move. So it's okay for me to have some differences in pace.
1: Okay, if you look back in your, um, in, in your career, were there people that really helped shape you as a professional? Were there important mentors, people that you learned from? Are there one or two that come to mind? And can you explain what you learned from them? Yeah, um, I think I learned a lot. Uh, especially in IBM, because the the IBM is
0: so different when you compare it to the Navy and I was in the operations. Uh Then you are in a profit and loss company and I felt so responsible for my few contracts, which in the early days I think I had, was a responsibility of 5 million euros. And and, and compared to the 100 billion euros of revenue, it was nothing, but I felt very responsible. So I learned a lot from some salespeople there, the, the commercial side. That's very interesting, that's the reason I started this MBA was because I wanted to know more about the marketing side and many things we are doing, we are selling our ideas, we try to influence, it's some kind of marketing. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I learned a lot of, of people um, w- within IBM, but also I learned a lot about leadership from some leaders, some within IBM, but also uh, at, at the Port of Rotterdam at, at my time, who um, who really walk the talk and were showing this this example yep. um, i really hate I'm, I'm I have a very good feeling that comes from my father for for well, for justification and and respect of people and if you have management who are spending a lot of money on their own, but they say we need to cut costs towards the other organizations then then there is no trust and yep. uh, and, and I understand there's no trust so you need to to walk the talk, you also want your, yeah, your employees or your colleagues to follow.
1: So IBM was an important learning school. What did you learn in the Navy?
0: Uh, well, I think in the Navy, the, the, the two biggest uh, things I learned is that you really um, go for the bigger picture. So the mission of uh, the operation is something that's, that's, that transcends your own ideas and your own uh, um, and, 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 and your own interests. Um, and that's really something you learn in because you, you, you can go uh, onto a mission in, uh, abroad and you can even lose your life for your country. And that's something I never experienced again because in commercial companies, especially in sales, they have their own targets, they go for their own targets and of course they also go f- for the for the country targets, or the, or the, but it's much more independent and there are more competing yep. in, instead of cooperating. So the cooperation and transcending your own interest, that's what I learned in the Navy. And of course, what I also mentioned, this leading by example, a good commanding officer. And I had very good, I also had very bad commanding officers, but the good commanding officer shows how you can operate. And these are the leaders you want to follow. Yep. These are the leaders you even want to follow if you go into an operation, which could lead to fighting or yeah, other. So that's um, yeah, I think that's and I try to to take it with me and develop myself and um, and, and
1: and
0: yeah to to learn from the good examples mm-hmm. um, in okay. my own history. Yeah.
1: Now you have, I find a very fascinating uh, profile because. You have this Navy background, and then you have this commercial IBM and Accenture, and, 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 and yeah, a defender background, and then a, a CIO, and now in government. Very different episodes in your life, and, and different, different jobs and roles that you played. Now, you have done a lot of different things. That's what I wanted to say. Um, and so you've, you've built great success and you've, uh, in, in, in the different roles that you do, but we all make our failures. And so I'm coming to my, my favorite question of these interviews and that if you look back at your, what is it, uh, a 30 years career or so, um, or a little bit longer, what is the, for you, what was your most brilliant failure and, 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 and what did you learn from it? Um, I think the, the, the biggest failure, if, if,
0: um, if, you mention, well, if you call it like that, is, I think it is a project within the prison services i had okay um where i went on too long with a supplier before ending it and this is uh, it's very interesting because maybe it and well i can only speak for myself i worked for vendors so i knew how the supplier how would take, work how yep. they take it and so i tried to change because it, it, it didn't went well and we had to work with the supplier and also with their offshoring parties in in other countries um, and well, uh, in in fact, for they over pro- they overpromised a lot, and they didn't really deliver. And I really tried myself to to change the way of working into a more agile uh, way of working, mm-hmm. to build trust, because I said I know your problem because I did the same jobs. But in the end, it's we had to stop, and it went on too long. And I, in, in retrospect, I would say. Uh, I should have uh, decided this earlier yep. because if it's really no-go and you, it, you have a lose-lose situation both on the commercial side of the supplier but also on the delivery side and on the internal side of your organization, then you should just quit. And that's, yeah, uh, I know it's one of the, 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 the aspects of why projects are failing because they continue too long. Uh, and I, uh, there are of course marvelous examples. And I always thought, well, this is not going to happen to me. I also had project, uh, even at the Port of Rotterdam. I stopped, um, and I stopped. I think in time. But sometimes, yeah, you you, you believe you yep. can fix it. You can believe you. And there were so many position changes also on the supplier side, and another project manager, another uh, director. But yeah, I think that this is. It was also a learning point. But. It was big money. It's taxpayers' money. So, um, yeah, in retrospect, I should have taken this decision yep. much earlier.
1: So sometimes cutting your costs early and, and taking uh, difficult decisions yeah, it, early it it it, important. it
0: it also avoids in making a lot of yep. losses in in future. And then, of course, you need to start again. You need to make a new business
1: case again. But, uh, uh, yeah, that can be yep. the best decision to take. Now uh, Let's look at positive uh, things as well. So and maybe also more in, in, in your personal life. If you look back, what is, the, what is one of the best things that has have ever happened to you? And, and, and can you describe that? Um, I
0: th- well, there are a couple of things, that, that, but the one I'm really proud of is, that was at the part, Port of Rotterdam, that th- this was the first agile project. It was mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the management system for the master. in fact which was also an old legacy system. I yep. think it was 25 years old. Uh, and during my time, uh, we did this project in agile way, which was pretty new to anyone, also to the master, but also our internal IT. Uh, and uh, we, we managed to really phase out the old system, which was very, very nice. And the new system, it was adopted mm-hmm. by all these planners and all these uh, uh, people in the organization of the master. So I'm really proud of that. Um, of that one and I'm also very proud because I worked at commercial side and always said ah, I'm not a really commercial uh, I'm a commercial guy but I managed to have a good a really good project it was a more logical time with the UFA with social security services and I managed to have a good contract in my view for all parties so mm-hmm. it was and a good contract for the for the client but also with a reasonable profit margin and uh, with a, a good scope for uh, ourselves and it, it took me a, a while because I got a lot, lot of pressure from internal, uh, in this case, the UK, to have it signed by the end of the year. And, yeah. you know, then you need to, to lower your price. I said, I'm not going to do it. I signed it the 7th of February in the next year. But I th- so I'm also really proud on that uh, achievement.
1: Okay. You have a, a family of children, uh, Laurens? How old are they?
0: Uh, I have twins, twin boys, two boys. there. 22 years old. 22 years old, and okay. they're both students. So uh, and they're doing well. They are really doing well. Yes, yeah. I'm very. They, proud they're going of them. to follow
1: in your footsteps, and are they into IT? Uh,
0: no, they're not going into my footsteps, uh, and also not becoming a military. <laughs> I, 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 I must say, I went to the naval college and to the yeah. army uh, college a couple of times just to introduce them, and one is really interested. He knows everything about Napoleon, for instance, <laughs> all about his. But he, he's not going to do it. He, he will. I, I think he's uh, studying uh, law uh, in Leiden. Mm-hmm. So either he will become an attorney or uh, or a lawyer or yeah. or legal advisor. But the other one is doing an MBA. In fact, so that's nice. And, and he well, he loves cars. So maybe he's doing something in the automotive uh, later on. Uh,
1: but they though, both doing very well. And, okay. Yeah. And if them. if you look back at because what I want to get to is is is. I wanna to try to understand what your core values are. And so uh, a good way to, to uh, look at that for yourself is what do you think are the values that you have passed on to your uh, two sons? Um, I think what I already mentioned is be respectful to anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for instance, at the Royal Household, which was part of my military career. Then I worked for the Queen Beatrix, uh, which was 25 years ago, um, but you also have the cleaners. Who are doing their job and mm-hmm. the people at the, at the reception, and they are also contributing in their way to uh, the delivering value. So always be respectful to anyone, no matter what position. Being a billionaire, self-made entrepreneur, or um, someone behind the desk, uh, and, uh, a desk and civil uh, civil servant, for instance. Um, the other one, um, which, and, and it's a, a personal value, I tried to, well, I tried, and, and now I'm I hopeful will be a bit successful, but during their puberty I was not <laughs> so successful. In, in bringing that over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's setting, setting your ambitions high, and, but also be realistic that you, maybe you won't re- achieve everything you uh, aspire. Mm-hmm. But even then, uh, you make uh, a real difference, personally in your development, but also maybe professionally. Um, and I always wanted to be the best in school, in sports, in the Navy, and now sometimes I think wow, why why, why was that so difficult? But in the end, I think I always inspired those, uh, uh, other people, so really uh, set an ambition. And it can be anything. It can be also being uh, in, in a, an artist or being a, uh, a volunteer in, in society. It that doesn't mean that you need to become rich or Not famous. Um, and the last one, I think that it has to do with this connection. If you respect people and you really try to, to look behind their uh, uh, their drivers and their motivation, then you can. Well, the, the, then you know it's it's a similar to to know your client. Mm-hmm. If you know your client, then you are a better salesperson than if you just try to push something through. And that's the same with corporation because you you, you you yeah the most the best the biggest things on earth are. Are achieved by both inspiration and, and and ambition, but also with cooperation. You need other people to yep. uh, to achieve this, and um, so so the social part. And th- th- you mentioned th- th- this earlier. Uh, I am a social, uh, and I, I think that uh, what I always say the the content. Uh, the context is as is ex- important as the content. Mm-hmm. So the context context of of a project is so important to, the, to getting to the result or not, and not only the processes and all the deliverables and everything, but uh, so you need to pay attention to the context. Who are these people? What is the, the atmosphere? Uh, is it hierarchical or is it, or is it more flat? Um, mm-hmm. Can you really um, talk honestly to people or do you, be, do you need to be very diplomatic? Uh, all these aspects of, of culture is, uh, yep. is important.
1: Lawrence, I... Um you're very driven, right? And you want results and, 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 uh, and, and you get them as well. And, and you like to work with people and, and make them, help them to be successful. Um, but I know that people with your, typically with your profile sometimes have difficulties to relax. So, so tell me, if outside of, of, of family, outside of, of, of your job, your passion here at work, what are your personal passions, where do you, where do you relax?
0: Um, well I, I do relax by sporting. I, mm-hmm. I, um, I, I cycle just as a, as a hobby. Uh, so I have a racing bike and I, I love cycling. Uh, for me it's much in the wind and the dunes but um, uh, that makes me really uh, happy and relaxed. And another big passion is uh, classical music. I had the choice when I was 18 to go into the conservatory for piano and saxophone or the navy and well I joined the navy um, so it, uh, it's a big hobby for me uh, to play piano, okay. uh, to listen to music, go to concerts, uh, read about it, about composers and famous pianists. And that's a completely different world. And um, well, uh, some...
1: uh, what do you like to play?
0: Um, I play a lot of Bach, uh, Beethoven, Chopin, uh, of course, uh, Mozart, where well, all the famous classical uh Okay. Uh, composers and um, yeah, I don't have much time, but uh, as a hobby, it's fine. I, I and, can and enjoy it. You know,
1: and, and you keep that to the family, or you? Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I used to when I was in the navy. I played uh, once uh, a small recital at the naval academy. I wow. think that was my finest moment uh, as a <laughs> musician. Uh, but later on, it's just for my own pleasure, and that's uh, that's okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. If there's one thing you need to select, um, uh, Lawrence, because you. You're clearly very gifted. Huh? You have many talents and experiences and, and so on and so on. If you have to select one, what would you say is your unique gift in life? Poo, yeah, maybe yeah. if I look back,
0: maybe it's that I, I'm really a generalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I can go into details and I know to answer the right questions, but I have a broad interest in many things and maybe this makes me for this job, fit for the job, because it is so complicated and complex, and you need to adapt, and it, you need to be flexible. Um, but I, I wouldn't say, yeah, maybe, I don't know if, if it, that's a really a gift, because most gifts are very specialist gifts on a certain topic being very commercial or artistic or a painter or a musician. Um, uh, but this combination, I'm very associative, so I can talk about many topics and on, on, on many levels. Uh, maybe that's a gift, maybe that's why I can be so successful in this job because I need to work on these different levels yep. um, with respect to all and not to be too obedient to one. I can work in a hierarchical organization like the royal household or the navy, but here, but my nature is very flat and yep. very not hierarchical. I really want to go for the issue or the content or the problem and work from that on and not who is responsible for this. And uh, okay. which is, uh, and you worked
1: for the royal household.
0: Yeah, that was my last job in the navy. And what uh, did you do there then? I was uh, uh, reporting into the grand master, where well, the royal household—you could say—is some kind of small ministry. Uh-huh. It's it's um, built um, like the design from Napoleon, because the Netherlands we were not a kingdom, but in 1815 we became a kingdom, and it's exactly. Uh, copied from the royal household as Napoleon. And uh, we had a king for it. He Napoleon, the, the brother of... Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a military part and it's a civil part. And I worked as a uh, an officer for the civil part. So for the head, the, 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 you could say the secretary general of the mm-hmm. household, which is the Grand Master. And I was some kind of personal assistant. So I worked on policies on, on, on decorating and I prepared uh, state visits into the Netherlands okay. or, or abroad. So it was also very... Yeah, um different role but this was the role where I also became an IT operator. So I <laughs> together with a colleagues we introduced IT into In the, the royal, royal family okay. yeah. In the royal palace. So okay. uh, email and uh, IT network I was a network um, uh, administrator and uh, Okay, very cool. Yeah. And you <laughs> st-
1: you're still a royalist then? Um?
0: Well, uh, to be honest, I also know the, the well, the, the, uh, of course, I, 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 I held them in, in uh, high esteem and I respect them for the good things they work. But I also believe that many things are not dependent on the influence or the position of a, uh, of a royal household. And um, But it's uh, a yeah, good so <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked the job. I learned a lot. And in fact, that made me think about... A next career step because the Royal Navy is a very—it's a world in itself—and yep. uh, there I managed. I, I work with other people from uh, foreign affairs, for instance. Uh, and then I thought, well, I have this degree in uh, TU Delft. I like IT. I see these these cost cuttings in the in the military because it was all after the Cold War and yep. where every country was um, cutting their uh, IT spend spent on uh, on defense. So that made me decide. Time
1: for a change. Yeah, time for okay. a change. Yeah. Last question for, uh, for today, Lawrence, and thank you so much for, uh, for your time. Is um, These interviews are being watched by many people around the world, but also by young, dynamic, ambitious professionals that want to build a career as, as a top CIO. So what is the advice that you would give to these young professionals? How can they develop themselves so that they can follow in your footsteps? If I look back, I think
0: it is um, really trust your gut feeling, not only rationalize uh, when you make a step and absorb as much as possible from your environment, and from any job you do as you can, because that makes you learn a lot, not only from the content, but also on, on good examples. And one thing I learned from the Navy is change your job every couple of years. Mm-hmm. In the Navy, it was normal process because you just were positioned from a ship, you went into an office or you went to become a teacher. Uh, and I kept that pace um, in my whole career. Every three years, maybe, it can also be four or five, it's, uh, but sometimes it's only two years, move on and, um, and then absorb everything you have and then make your own profile and your own step um, into getting there where you want.
1: Yeah. Okay. So thank you with that. thank you so much, Lawrence. It was a pleasure. Well, I thought it was a fascinating uh, um, conversation. so let's go and, uh, and maybe have a beer, right? Yes. good <laughs> thank you. My pleasure, uh... Thank you, Lawrence.